Welcome back to season two of Zepo Talks. I'm your host, Ashley. Last season, we started our conversations surrounding corporate wellbeing programs, which we will be continuing in this season. Globally, we've all been adapting to what is happening around us. Companies have had to think about new ways of working, which has greatly impacted how our organizations run, the people within, and the well-being of their employees. This season, we will look at how an organization can support their people. Today, we are chatting with Sharon Weiss, CPL HR Director, to get her insights into the benefits of having a well-being program during the pandemic. Sharon, you're very welcome to Zevo Talks. Thank you so much for taking the time out to join us. We're not in our usual studio today. We are recording this over Zoom. Sharon, could you talk us through a little bit about your role within CPL? Sure. Um, I'm the HR Director in CPL and I've been with CPL for about 10 years now. And I suppose my role um, is supporting um, the whole business as such in all HR related matters um, across Ireland, UK and Central Eastern Europe. Um, And I support the business on meeting their organisational objectives by driving our culture and our values through various people programmes, which basically covers the whole employee life cycle. Um, We have um, about 1,100 people that are based across Ireland, UK and Central Eastern Europe. And we also have um, up to about 10,000 staff who work across a range of our client sites. So quite a large remit as such um, within our business. And Zevo Health have been a partner with CPL for three years now. So what has been your experience with having a wellbeing provider on board? Um, I think with having a wellbeing provider on board um, has really transformed how we drive our wellbeing strategy within the organisation. Um, we would have had multiple providers um, over a number of years um, providing um, different services. Um, and I think by us engaging with Zevo, it's actually, um, I suppose, helped us in terms of delivering I suppose a one-stop program as such, but with lots of variety within that. Um, and I think also um, the the depth and the breadth in which we can do that across the UK, Ireland and Central Eastern Europe has been really significant to us. Um, inclusion and inclusiveness within the workplace is extremely important to us. So it's important that whatever provider that we did go with, and obviously by choosing Ziva, we were delighted, but that they were able to actually meet that requirement that it covered across um, our whole business so that was really uh, critical to us and we've had fantastic support from Zevo over that three-year period Um, and I suppose our relationship and our service offerings have just matured on an ongoing basis which is really key to us so um, so it's been evolving all of the time which has just been fantastic. With COVID happening over the last few months have you found that having a well-being provider has had like a positive effect when trying to deal with with coronavirus yes yeah i i I would i suppose like if you think about it like when you think back five months ago um to when this all started you know around the the 12th 13th of march i mean and when you think back and you reflect on that time my initial thoughts were oh my god how are we going to address this what measures do we need to put in place um and i think for any hr professional it was quite a daunting time because 
the pandemic is something that you could never see coming. You know, if you think back to the financial crisis in 2008, you could see it generally happening and you could plan for it. And you knew the sort of practical things that needed to be done, both from a commercial perspective and a people perspective. But with the pandemic, you know, like this, you have no idea, you know, what's going to happen. So like, I suppose our initial thing was like, okay, we've got 1,100 people that we need to, you know, ensure that they work remotely immediately. And I mean, we were so lucky that we had just deployed MS Teams um, within our organisation. So we'd no issues from a technology side. If anything, I suppose it, it, it threw us into the centre of it. That all worked, which was absolutely fantastic. But it's the psychological impact that it's had on people. And that's the unknown piece. Like, when are things going to return to normal? Um, you know, when is there going to be some stability for our people? So, so, and that, that would have been the biggest challenge for us. And I, and I have to think of it as well, like, you know, within our business, we would have varying groups of people that we would have to manage and look after. So we would have um, employees who would support frontline workers, like we're traditionally a recruitment company. So, so we're supporting the healthcare and supply chain sectors. Um, and some of those individuals had to be in the office or they had to attend a client location in order to do their job. So when you think about that and you're throwing somebody into a, a pandemic, um, you know, environment and it's unknown territory. So we have to make sure that our people feel safe and secure and making sure that they have up to date and relevant information, you know, so that they can carry on and do their jobs. And then we have people obviously who are delivering, you know, different varying talent solutions to clients where they're interacting with people all the time. That's what we do. And now they have to work from home and working from home is the norm now. It's not the exception. So people are missing out on those things that we take for granted granted like those corridor encounters the coffee catch-ups your team collaborations meeting with clients and candidates attending events like the list is absolutely endless so it's that it's that physical piece it's not being it's not being able to see people so it's, it's like that tangible piece as such and to that was going to be a real challenge and we could see that you know happening quite quickly so so I suppose what we did was I suppose we had to think about right okay what is it we're going to put in place to actually make sure that our people feel connected to the business and connected to each other so we developed a staying connected campaign where all of our communications and engagements were delivered through this across all our locations. So across Ireland, the UK and Central Eastern Europe. And the first thing that we did was we actually rebranded our employee assistance programme, which a lot of organisations will be familiar with, which we now refer to as our CPL support hub. And we started off with some really um, simple initiatives to get people interacting and used and I suppose used to actually working within a tech, technology environment as such where, you know, meetings, one-to-ones, everything was happening online. So we introduced like a virtual cafe where you'd be matched with a colleague on a weekly basis. Then we set up, you know, team hosted quizzes. We had bingo nights. And then obviously we had a range of webinars that we would have facilitated through Zevo, which were only fantastic. But people could choose what was relevant to them and what was of interest to them. So we weren't pushing all this information. We were making it available, but making it very much available in a structured sense so like if you think about it you know you know very practical things how to talk to your children about COVID-19 as adults you know we're trying to grapple with all the information that's coming out so how do your kids then cope with that how you lead your team remotely dealing with stress and anxiety building resistance 
So we're really, you know, large range of um, webinars and different pieces of information and materials that were available because we wanted to recognize that our employees were having very different experiences. Like we have people who are parents, we'd, um, you know, young people who are living in flat shares in Dublin and people who are looking after vulnerable young adults and supporting, you know, older parents. So there was so much going on and such a variety. So we had to recognize that not one size fits all. But, but by making sure that we could make everything as available as much as, as, as we could. Yeah, that all sounds absolutely amazing. And have you found that, um, because with everything that you were then providing, um, like the virtual coffee and the, the bingo, I know at the beginning of, of um, COVID, everyone was doing kind of the Zoom chats and quizzes, but I feel like maybe there's been a bit, a bit of a die down since, like the momentum has kind of fallen off because it's been going on for for so long now and I feel I like we were all kind of expecting to be back in the office nearly by August September so is there still in good engagement with the, the things that you've kind of been yeah there, there, there is and I suppose we've tried I suppose we've tried to keep thick I suppose if I think about all of our standard people initiatives and programs that we would have had if we had been in the office we've adapted those from a virtual perspective and then we've also added in fun things as well but people can choose what they want to do. So, for example, you know, we've kept the momentum like we would have had Pilates classes, you know, um, within a couple of our locations, you know, all the time before COVID. Now they're online twice a week. We've hit classes online. So they're there for people and that that's there for them. Their choice is there if they want to do that. Um, we we uh, developed a sports day for children a virtual sports day and um, we've done you know we've jumped on the TikTok bandwagon you know we've done a couple of initiatives out of that so so you know so we try to move with the times as well and what's and what the in thing is at, the, at that point in time so we send out two weekly updates each week of all the different stuff that's going on like we've had a photography competition you know running all over the summer there's been fantastic interest in that and that's been across all of our locations and um, within Europe UK and Ireland and that's been fantastic but you know like like, I suppose, like, I'd be really honest and say you are constantly thinking, well, what is the next thing we're going to do? What's, you know, what's the new, there's got, not that there's got to be new things all of the time, but it's about keeping that consistent. Um, and we really try to get our leadership and our, our leadership team and our directors involved to make sure that they get involved and they're actually involved in the initiatives and the programs as well, because it's all about leading by example and leading from the top. Um, our CEO does, you know, regular broadcasts. She talks about all of the programs that we're doing under Staying Connected. Um, like with Zevo, you know, we have a steps challenge. We've run loads of those the competition you know across the globe I could say has been unbelievable <laughs> in terms of the number of steps that people are ranking up yeah. it's unreal you know and we're currently involved in an intercompany uh, challenge you know with another one of your clients and you know you know that's that's created some competitive drive across the business you know and um, I'd say there'd be some people that could be hung out to dry because they <laughs> haven't been putting the effort in yeah. but there's lo there is lots of stuff going on but it, you do always have to keep thinking well what's the next thing what is the next thing but we do ask our people for lots of feedback um, you know, what they want to see coming, etc. You know, and even like this year has been a real challenge, you know, around performance management. You know, we want those performance conversations to happen. We've implemented a new online system to help us support that, which has been fantastic. So it's just trying to be ahead of the game all the time and thinking about what, what can we do to ensure that engagement is still there or people still feel connected um, and they feel that CPL, you know, is doing everything that we possibly can to try and keep 
keep us on track and on balance as much as we can because we have also all the challenges with business with our business as well you know like some of our business areas you know are, are really challenged at the moment and um, some of our other areas are performing exceptionally well so it's trying to make sure that we can look after all quarters within the organization to make sure that people you know feel that they're being looked after and that's key yeah So have you and your colleagues managed working from home throughout the pandemic and have you come up against any struggles? Yeah, I think, do you know what? I think for a long time as an organisation, we would have talked about, um, you know, putting better work-life balance and better programmes and flexibilities in place for our people. And we'd be, you know, running pilot programmes, etc. You know, when you think back in March, overnight, everybody's working from home. So, um, and, and it's great at the beginning, you know, Teams is working, but people are exhausted with Teams, people are exhausted with Zoom. Um, and there's also that piece of, you know, trying to get people to unplug. I mean, I'd be the world's worst at it, you know, um, but, but that's really important because, you know, home and life, your, your home life and your work life are now t- the, the, the two, they're both together, you know, um, and, that, and that can be a real challenge for people. So we have to make sure, you know, that our managers are reaching out, that they're talking to our people, they're understanding the concerns and the issues that they may have. Um, I mean, we went through a programme with Zevo last year where we had about 100 of our managers and directors trained as mental health champions. Um, and we felt that was really important at the time so that we could, you know, you know, recognise signs within the workplace and really equip our people, you know, um, I suppose one around destigmatizing the whole issue around mental health and to understand understanding and looking for cues that they may see um, within team members. And I think that's actually helped us. We've been through this pandemic. So even though people, you know, don't physically see each other, but it's trying to pick up on those cues within, you know, team meetings or one-to-ones, etc. But listen, it is a challenge. And, and, you know, there is a little bit where, you know, a good percentage of our people, they are fed up with it. They miss the office. They want to get back into the office, you know, and up until the government, you know, made the recent changes last week, you know, we're getting our offices prepared for our people to go back. I've been going into um, a couple of our Dublin offices and people are so excited to see each other and they miss that. They miss that interaction with people. And that's, that's still going to pose a challenge for us as we move forward you know, and how quickly, you know, we come out of this phase as such in terms of reopening um, the Irish economy. But it's so important that, you know, whatever glimpse, you know, that we do get, that we, you know, that we take it and we run with it as quick as we can as such. Um, And I just think that's really important for our people. But it is a challenge. Listen, I don't have the answers of what's the right or wrong thing to do in it. But I think we just have to recognise that it is. We've got to keep talking to our people, putting support programmes in place, etc. And I think that's really key. Yeah. really key yeah definitely knowing employees knowing that they have support from their their upper management is i think when, once they know that they have that there that's the first kind of step yeah like even actually if i think you know for a couple of people within my own team that have small children like i've been in meetings where you know you know small children have been on a colleague's lap that's fine. You kind of move past that, you know. Um, obviously, it's probably a little bit different now because, you know, the crashes and schools are opening, you know, which is great because we've all got to try, you know, we've got to live with this and we've got to move on through it. And I think it's given people now the coping mechanisms, you know, to do that and, and not try, you know, to scare people in any way. You know, the, the, you know, we've got to positively look at how we can adapt and move through this. And that's really key, yeah. you know. And then what do you think the workplace is going to look like 
post coronavirus. So when we start going back to the office, do you think it's going to has yeah. had an effect on us? Yeah, I mean, God, post COVID, when when is that going to happen? That's the first thing I would nearly ask. You know. Oh, yeah, if if any if, if anybody has has a, a a magic wand, I mean, it's very hard to answer it. I think, like you know, our economies and workplaces, we've been like we've been shocked. If you think back to the twelfth of March when this all happened, um, you know, I thought, oh, this will be all over in a couple of weeks and we'll be fine. Um, but I was reading um a recent um piece of research that was done by McKinsey, and what they are saying is that eighty percent of people questioned report that they enjoy working from home. Of course we do. I think of myself, I get to go for my swim at 7 a.m. every morning now, as opposed to being in traffic for an hour and a half. 41% say that they're more productive um, and 28%, 28% um, feel, you know, that, 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 that productivity will continue. Most employers, um, or sorry, most employees, they're liberated because they don't have those long commutes and they found more productive ways to spend that time, whether it's flexibility in balancing their personal or professional lives. Um, and we also know from speaking with our clients that many organizations, you know, they can access um, different um, different uh, pools of talent um, with fewer location constraints. Um, and also they can adopt innovative ways to boost productivity. So there's lots of opportunity, I think, as we enter into the world post-COVID, whenever that may be. And I also think that um, organizations, it'll give them an opportunity to create a stronger culture and, to, and, and even to reduce property costs, you know, like, you know, there's lots of buildings in Ireland that are lying empty at the moment because people are still working from home. Um, what I do know is that people will have different expectations and preferences to working from home um, or working from another place other than, you know, the standard office. And what I think from what we think in CPL, you know, for our businesses, that we would probably have more of a hybrid approach to flexibility. So um, we know that there's going to be a bigger demand, you know, for work-life balance, but that all has to be evaluated by a business and by and, and and it's one thing that we will do and it's got to meet business and client needs and that's really important so it's an opportunity to i suppose to examine every aspect um but it's about making taking a measured approach in in how you analyze that as such so um so like i i don't have a, i don't have a crystal ball i don't know what it's going to look like but i just think there's an awful lot of opportunity and even if you think about ashley you know the prep that we're doing at the moment to get the actual workplace right like that in itself is um it's it's very complicated um because it's governed you know by so many health and safety regulations etc and our employees will be looking at us they want to see that we're doing that right and by doing that right you know and then and then obviously them returning to work, you know, to a safe place. Um, so I think there's lots of challenges there for organisations and lots of things to consider. Yeah. And then if we forget about COVID now for the next little while, what are some of the benefits that CPL has seen from having um, a wellness strategy in place? And what kind of impact has it, has it had on your team? Okay. Um, well, in my career, um, well-being has always been part of a people strategy that I've been accountable for. That goes without saying. And I think if you think about how HR has evolved over the years, well-being has, has also evolved. Um, and corporate wellness programs, you know, they, they, they've been around for the last number of years. Um, and it's all about having that very much rounded and holistic approach. And obviously then organizations can pick and choose what they feel meets, you know, their corporate needs and then also their employee needs. 
From us, however, what we've seen is that um, we're part of the Great Place to Work programme. We're currently placed 13th um, in Ireland's large best workplace category. And we have seen a significant impact in terms of our Great Place to Work scores, okay, and how people view well-being within the workplace. And our people know that CPL cares about their well-being and about them as individuals. And I suppose I honestly think that having a well-being um, programme in place, it makes us much more mindful of people's wellness. Um, it's definitely linked to productivity. You know, um, our employees, you know, who, you know, who we take care of, that we provide really good programmes to that they can avail of in the workplace. And not just them, their families also. Um, you know, that that's really important. And we've also incorporated well-being as part of our end-of-year discussions. We actually get our managers to talk to our people about their well-being being about any stresses or anxieties or impacts that may have on their actual performance or productivity within the workplace so it's part of our ongoing discussions and I think what it ultimately does is it gives us a lens as an organization to look at how we do things internally because we're much more mindful of the impact that it will have on people and every sort of new program whether it's through wellness or if it's a new performance management program or what it may be we consider the the individual we consider the impact on the individual you know in terms of you know changing their behaviors towards a particular program or whatever so it's really important to us well-being you know it's 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 part of the whole makeup of everything that we do from a people perspective and it's just one of those cogs that we have to have it's not a nice to have it's something that we that 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 we strive to have and, and continue to have in place within the organisation because we see the overall benefits of it. So then do you think that it's the responsibility of the employer to have a wellness programme put in place for the employees? Listen, every organisation will take their own view on it. Um, from a CPL perspective, I do believe that it is our responsibility. Um, if you think about the amount of time that individuals spend in the workplace and I suppose the 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 pressures, the expectations, you know, it's, it's, it's one of those things. And like, not to sound like, oh God, real, um, you know, if you, if you think back like years ago, you know, well-being would have been health and safety at one point, you know? So, uh, you know, and then, it, you know, when I think in my career, you know, it always started out with, you know, if you've got healthcare cover, you know, and then if you've got your EAP program, if you threw in a couple of um, exercise classes during the week, that sort of stuff. But it's more, it's more, it's more now a much more holistic pro approach, like, um, you know, like we would have financial wellness as well. We've got an awful lot of programs and initiatives under the whole financial spectrum as well. And it's just, it's, it's about what makes you stand out as an employer as well. Those additional offerings, you know, it's not just about the benefits package, it's about all the other stuff that comes into it that makes it much more rounded as I would say, in terms of the offering to employees. So I think it is, it is an employer's responsibility, you know, to, to, to provide that. And then it's for the individual to choose what, what suits them at that particular point in their life. Like if you think about for an employee's, you know, um, life cycle as such, you know, within the workplace, you know, they'll go through diff varying different stages um, depending at the point in when they actually join the organisation. So what they want from a wellness programme will differ in line with that. So I, I, think it's, I think it's a no-brainer, really, from an employment perspective to have a really good, comprehensive and flexible wellness programme in place. And do you think that it's something that people who are looking for jobs would, will come to expect from an employer? So it's, it's seen less of a benefit and more of a necessity that they choose you know, an employer that has a wellbeing programme kind of put in place? I, I don't know if it's something that they would expect, but 
they would expect, I think, some component of wellness. So um, in terms of how sophisticated it is, that would obviously be a personal choice. But, you know, there's not many organizations out there who don't do something. Do you know what I mean? Whether it's an EAP, whether it's covering healthcare costs, you know, um, you know, if it's being part of something like Ziva or whatever, that there's different variations out there. But I think, I think there would be some expectation that there'd be something, do you know what I mean? That's what I believe anyway, you know, and I think at CPA and also it very much depends as well. I think on the type of organization and the jobs that the individuals are doing, you know, so um, that would have a massive impact as well in terms of the type of offering. But for an organization like ours, which is very diversified, it's a pressurized environment. We expect a lot from our people, but I think our wellness program gives back an awful lot to our people. They've got that choice and that flexibility to choose what they want. Like if, like Ashley, if I explain to you, like the first steps challenge we ever did, you know, um, we did it just in our Irish business um, as a pilot and we had, you know, 600 people and 400 people signed up to the steps challenge. Do you know what I mean? So people are, the people want it. Do you know what I mean? You know, and that was just something very small that we did, you know, and we were, you know, blown away with the response to it. So and that's what I wanted to talk to you about the step challenges. I've seen firsthand how competitive CPL gets within the step challenges. And oh, yeah. it's unbelievable for us to see um, how engaged everyone is. And I know you're, you're taking part in the one that's happening at the moment. So how, you, how do you think that they benefit everyone? How do you find them yourself personally? And then how do you think as an organisation... Well, I I think because the way in which we structure it is we do it on a teams, like we do individual ones. Okay. And so, so we've got the individual and the team steps challenge. So the one at the moment is a team step challenge. So you're allocated within a team. There's a little team, there's a team lead. So the team lead is pushing you along and everyone knows what everybody's doing. So you feel very much, you know, you're part of something that's something much bigger than yourself. So, um, and you don't want to let your team down in any way. Um, and when you're getting constant reminders from the center in terms of how many steps you're behind your competitor, you're like, Oh my God, I can't let the team down. So, you know, but like some people are, some people are crazy with it. Some people are at walking at 12 at night and I just think, yep, fair play to you. That's great. You know? So, um, and some people are not as good, you know, but, but like, you know, there's, there's, there's no, um, like people don't beat each other up about it. Do you know what I mean? But it just creates this really great, fun, competitive environment, you know, and we've, you know, a good number of our leadership team are doing it as well, which is great. And uh, it just creates a really great vibe around the place. And because we're all at home, it's like something we can all do together, although we're not together, you know, so, um, so it's good in that respect. Where did your interest for wellbeing kind of come from? Um, well, I suppose as a HR professional, well-being is, you know, part of my remit. OK, so so it comes with the job as such and has always been in my whole career um, within HR. So um, but I suppose I think what really interests me is that it's not just it's not just about healthcare or about EAP. There is so much more to the whole well-being spectrum. Um, and there's so many things that you can touch on as an organization. Um, I also think for myself, you know, like I swim in the open sea. I've recently bought an electric bike. Don't laugh. I'm not a cyclist, cyclist, but I like to get out. So, um, so like personally, you know, like I'm a person who likes to move and do things. But I just think from, uh, from a people perspective, it's just one of those things. It's not a 
difficult thing to do within an organization to set up, to map out, to have different events, etc. It's actually one of the easiest things from a HR perspective to do, but it is the right thing to do. Um, I think we live in, an, in a world that um, can throw anything at us, as we've seen with COVID-19. Hey, going back to that, you know, but these, I mean, when you think about COVID-19, it's one of the things that, you know, you watch a movie, you know, that's come out of Hollywood on it. It's not something, you know, that you ever think is going to happen. Um, so I, and I think what's been really great for us is that by having our wellness program really well established, we were able to sort of notch it up a gear as part of COVID-19 and really um, drive the hell out of it in terms of what it is, that, in terms of what we wanted to give our people going forward and um, through the whole wellness uh, spectrum. So, um, so I just, I mean, I just think it's it's a no-brainer really from an employment perspective, but it's something, you know, that I would be quite passionate about. And you can see the benefits from people in terms of, you know, the different programs that they get involved in and the different supports that they get, et cetera. And that does feed into their family life as well, you know, and more so in this time when, you know, we're working in our homes and everything is just blended together. Then you mentioned your morning swim, that now that you're working at home, you can enjoy that in the morning. Is there anything else that you do to practice wellness kind of on a daily basis? I would listen on the Zevo app. There's lots of meditations and I would do those. Um, I try and do them in the evening time to sort of, I suppose, de-stress me and relax me um, for a period of time when, listen, I'd be really honest, when things were quite stressful from a work perspective, because you didn't know what each day was going to bring as we were going through stuff over the last five months. And I found some of them really beneficial for myself Um because I'd be a little bit highly strong. So they were good to help calm me down. And the Ziva app, they've, they've got such a variety on there. Um, they were just great, just really good. And an, an awful lot of the nutritional information as well and recipes and all of that. So there's some really good stuff there. So, but my swimming is my big thing. Like I would swim about 1500 meters when I go for my swim and, you know, and I, I, you know, when people say they go for a run and it's headspace, when I stick my head in water, that's my headspace, so. The final question that I have for you is we've seen some great engagement from CPL within their wellbeing programme. What advice could you give to employers who want to encourage their staff to engage within a wellbeing programme? I think the main thing, Ashlyn, is that you need to um, survey your staff to find out what it is that they want. Okay, and that'd be key. One of the things um, that my colleague Neva Connor did um, about two years ago was a diagnostic survey so that we, I suppose, understood the makeup of our um, employees um, in particular around, you know, their, uh, I suppose, their personal profile um, and also what their interests and needs were. And that's that's really a key thing to do um, because that will sort of help help you structure what your wellbeing program should be because any any HR professional or wellness provider can say yeah let's let's tick all these ones we do all these these are all really good and throw them out there but you really need to engage with your people um one of the things we we have as well within CPL is we have what we call great place to work champions and we would work really closely with those guys in terms of what what's needed on the ground what they're hearing back from their from their teams etc so and that's critical to the success of any program is really listening to your people and understanding what it is that you want and then once once you do that and you actually structure a program around those needs then you know it, it will be successful but you still need to constantly get feedback understand you know what worked well what didn't work well etc 
But I think if you if you adopt that approach as opposed to just, you know, chucking everything into the basket, picking out what's really going to work for your people. And we've done some things that haven't worked, you know, like um, like we did have a, a 7.30 a.m. hit class that didn't work. So we changed it around. Do you know what I mean? And because you ask for feedback from people about what's going to work and what's not going to work. Thank you so much, Sharon, for joining us today. Thank you for listening to another episode of Zevo Talks. And thank you to Sharon Wise for taking the time to join us today. The way in which we work has changed massively in recent years and never more so than in 2020 with the world adapting to COVID-19. How organisations support their people is more important than ever. Thank you again for joining us and tune in next time to hear more about what the future of the workplace looks like.